Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. Um, first, I want to say that I'm delighted to be here tonight. I would be delighted in any event, but uh, it's a particularly special night for me that I just want to share with you my reality, and that is um, that my 18-year-old son is up the hill, and he's just finished his first full day of intensive retreat practice. So, with his mom, she's also sitting, they're both sitting, she's done lots of retreats, but he just wanted to do it. He's, he's, done, he's done a bit. And he said, I want the real thing. Uh, and he's a natural. So, uh, oh, I'm a proud dad. Uh, <clears throat> all those years of him saying, that's your stuff, dad. You know, he was so wise when he was a little kid. And then there was a, <laughs> he's gotten wise again. It's fabulous. Yeah. So, just wanted to share that. Uh, this is a, an interesting time uh, for me, and I think for uh, a lot of people uh, this week, the year, in between Christmas and, um, and New Year's, it's like you're, I'm in a kind of, not quite limbo state, but a time of reflection for me as the year is coming to an end and a new one is beginning. Um, and uh, I thought that we could um, share together our um, traveling through this time period. Um, and uh, so you have your writing, don't, you don't have to write anything yet, you know, I, you probably feel like, oh, I'm back in school, and what am I, I going to do? You can't fail this, by the way. Uh, but I, I wanted us to reflect on, um, well, a few different things. Three, actually four things. The first uh, aspect of being in this week, as we look as we look back, for me, looking back on where we've been, reviewing where we've been. Now, you probably hear, if you've come to Spirit Rock all the time, about being in the present moment and just staying here, not getting lost in the past, not getting lost in the future. Uh, well, I want to just... Um, offer it to you that you, you don't have to take that so literally that you completely disregard the past or the future. Um, and in fact, it's quite um, explicit in the teachings the importance of reviewing and learning from the past. When the Buddha was under the Bodhi tree and he um, He's, his whole awakening process, 
it started with uh, as he as he came into another reality of understanding, reviewing his previous hundred thousand lifetimes. So we've just got one year to go. It's not that much. And there was a value in seeing all the different ways that he'd that he'd manifested all the different things that he'd done wisely, all the different things that he'd done um, unwisely, so he could learn. And then he, he could see actually countless beings, their whole lives unfolding from one lifetime to another lifetime. There's a, um, also in the, uh, in the commentaries, in the Vasudhi Magha, particularly the path of purification, describing the different kinds of um, moments as one awakens, and after one opens up to the unconditioned, after there is the experience of awakening, then there is what's called reviewing what just happened. Because for a while you're while you're there, you're not around to kind of check things out. Oh, this is interesting, and then you. But after a while, you 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 come out and say, "Oh, what just happened there?" When I wasn't around, and that deepens and gives you a perspective on the different realms of of consciousness, of un, of conditioned and unconditioned consciousness. One useful thing to keep in mind as, as we reflect on where we've been, it can be, there can be an, a tendency to look at the different places we've been and the things that we've done, the words that we've said, and some of them might be very inspiring, and some of them make us wince. And you know, shake our heads saying, I can't believe I did that. Or, I had to go through that. That was a really hard one. And God, that was, I might have done it a little bit better. Or, things that have happened to us and trying to sort them out with some kind of um, pass or fail test for life as well as for us. And uh, the Buddha talks in one particular discourse about the value of reflecting before, during, and after our words and, and actions. It's actually in a, in a discourse to his son, Rahula, in the Majjhima Nikaya. Has, uh, has Jack gotten into advice to Rahula at all recently? It's one of my favorite discourses. Uh, because I, I take great comfort in knowing it's never too late. Uh, he says, I'll just read a little passage. He says, um, Rahula, that was his son, who, his son was seven when he supposedly when he gave this teaching to him. When you wish to do an action with the body, that is, perform an action, you should reflect upon that same action thus. Would this action that I wish to do lead me lead to my own affliction, or to the affliction of others, or to the affliction of both? Is it an unwholesome action, with painful consequences, with painful results? And when you reflect, if you know this action 
I wish to do would lead to my own or others or the affliction of both, it is an unwholesome action with painful consequences, painful results, then you definitely should not do such an action. <clears throat> but when you reflect, if you know this action I wish to do would not lead to my own affliction, affliction of others or both, it is a wholesome action with pleasant consequences, with pleasant results, then you may do such an action with the body. And it goes to the same thing with your words and with your thoughts. Then he goes on to say, you might not realize, you might not have that power of reflection before you go ahead and do what you're going to do. And so you might find yourself in the middle of the words or the actions. He says, I'll just uh, shorten it, he says, if you can remember, in the middle of it, just reflect, is this leading to my own or others suffering or happiness? And if you can see where it's going, then act accordingly. Then he goes on to say, you might not realize until after the words have been spoken or the deeds have been done. And then he doesn't say, go beat yourself up if you've done something stupid. He says, just reflect and see, what did I do? How did it feel? What did it lead to? What can I learn from this? He says, begin right then, begin right now in your understanding of what happened, why you did what you did, and what you can learn from it and commit in a new way if what you did was unskillful. That's what's called wise reflection. In this teaching, guilt has zero value. And I come from a lineage of guilt. I, I can attest, I know, it has zero value. What's called wise reflection or wise regret, you see, oh, okay, this didn't feel so good. And then you learn, because if you can bring awareness in that moment, there's a new possibility. Whereas guilt is a self-perpetuating cycle. You look and you see how you did something stupid, and then you feel like you deserve to be punished. And the perfect way to punish yourself is to keep on reflecting on that or going ahead and doing something else that corroborates what a dummy you are. There's no way out of that. So in the reflections, um, it's valuable to just see what you've done that has uplifted you, has led to happiness, what you've done and learned that, um, that you need to do another way. And I'd like you to just look back for a moment on your year. Okay? You might even close your eyes as you do this. Okay? Just reflect what lessons were you given this year? This has been a, a challenging year for all of us on a, on a societal level. 
and that certainly has its effects on on us and on a personal level we all have our own journeys to go through what lessons were you given what did you learn How have you grown or changed? Traveling through this year in this form called me. And again, no judgment, no no guilt, just learning, holding it with the wisest and kindest compassionate awareness that sees, oh, this is part of my unfolding this year. Okay, and now what I'd like you to do is um, take your paper and fold it in four. Because we're going to have four different things. And in in this quadrant use this 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 area front and back if you if you need to and just write down review your your year the most significant aspects for you of the year particularly besides the events and things that happened what you've learned how it's how it's matured your practice in looking back Okay, and say, take some time to do that. We'll just take, a, oh, maybe five minutes or so, four or five minutes. And for those who have finished, just reflect on what you've written and see if there are things that, that have been difficult to bring the greatest kindness and forgiveness to either yourself or to life. And if there are things, uh, triumphs and successes, let yourself delight in the grace. something about in the reviewing that there can be a completion, a closure that allows the next chapters to unfold. I want to read a poem as, as you're, if you're finishing up or reflecting from um, a poet that I, I really like, a woman named Dana Falls. This is, the book is called Go In and In, Poems from the Heart of Yoga. This one is 
entitled, Let It Go. Let go of the ways you thought life would unfold, the holding of plans or dreams or expectations. Let it all go. Save your strength to swim with the tide. The choice to fight what is here before you now will only result in struggle, fear, and desperate attempts to flee from the very energy you long for. Let go. Let it all go and flow with the grace that washes through your days, whether you receive it gently or with all your quills raised to defend against invaders. Take this on faith. The mind may never find the explanation that it seeks, but you will move forward nonetheless. Let go, and the wave's crest will carry you to unknown shores beyond your wildest dreams or destinations. Let it all go and find the place of rest and peace and certain transformation. So as you look back on your year, it's a kind of balance between digesting, processing, learning, and letting go at the same time. Not letting go of your understandings and, and lessons, but of anything that you might be still, still holding on that says, oh, if only, or why did that, or some kind of contentiousness with the way things have unfolded. Life gives us lessons in very mysterious ways. And if we look back, it's hard to, it's hard to see while we're in the middle of something why it's happening. And at often, as I'm sure most everybody here can attest, our greatest challenges have been our um, um, greatest gifts, because it calls something out of us, from us, that we didn't know we had, whether it's courage to face the fear or compassion to hold on, to hold the, the confusion. So let go of anything that's not quite bringing you ease, <clears throat> or at least incline the mind for that possibility. And we'll, we'll do something with that uh, in a little while, specifically around letting go. So now the second piece. Having reviewed the year, here we are. Guess where? In the present moment. Only place to be, isn't it? <clears throat> Except when we forget. And it seems like it's the hardest place to be. Where was that present moment again? Because it's so easy to topple into the future or slip back to the past. And as you reflect on this present moment, and when I say this moment, I mean both this exact moment that we're sharing here together or this period in your life, as you go through these days, just reflect 
seeing things clearly. Where are you now? Ajahn Sumedho, who probably a number of you have been around, he's a, a very inspiring, wonderful teacher um, who comes to Spirit Rock to teach from time to time. He lives in, in England. He's Ajahn Amaro's um, senior and uh, was Jack's, really Jack's mentor when, uh, or big elder brother when they were both with Ajahn Chah uh, in, uh, in Thailand. And Ajahn Sumedho has this very simple and powerful practice as far as opening up to the truth of the moment. He says simply, it's like this. Just three words. Oh, it's like this. And he has a little hand gesture that he, he does. Like, oh, it's like this. Like, oh, that's how it is. Not oh my god, it's like this, or yeah, it's like this. Now, I'm one for bringing a fullness to life, so I'm not saying to uh, exclude your passions. I, I believe in, um, in a full, enriched, engaged um, connection with life. But as you're looking with, at your present circumstances, once again, your joys, your sorrows, your fears, your, um, your wisdom, all of the things that you're dealing with, that you're working with, that have brought you, everything brought you up to this moment, is there a way you can hold it your current situation, and just realize, again, with great compassion and equanimity, oh, it's like this. This is what's happening. This is what I'm, I'm called on to, to deal with. This is what needs some healing. This is what needs to be resolved. This is what my next chapter of awakening is offering me. Uh, when we take refuge in the Dharma, you know, taking refuge in the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, for me, taking refuge in the Dharma is the acknowledgement that every moment life is giving us just what we need to wake up. Isn't that amazing how it works like that? If we have the right attitude with it, we're given just what we need to wake up, whether it's beautiful or horrible or confusing or inspiring. Ah, okay, it's like this. How can I meet this moment with kindness and with clarity? So just reflect in your life right now, again, I invite you to close your eyes. And given where you are now, first reflect on some of the blessings in your life. So you know it's not all bad news. There's lots of wonderful things, probably. 
Let yourself take in those blessings, the people in your life, things that are really working for you. Just take it in. And let the reflection open and uplift your heart if, if it's available without forcing it. And then reflect for a moment on the challenges in your life. How do you hold them? What needs to be healed or resolved for you to continue to awaken? Perhaps there's some relationship where relationships that take energy. What's the, the refuge in the Dharma? What's the lesson that life is giving you to learn to hold another way? In your wisest moments, how could you meet the challenges? Okay, so now, once again, just write down where you are now, whatever came up from that, the blessings, the challenges, the lessons, your forward edge of practice. This is defining what your forward edge of your practice is. It's always good to have that clarified so that you can um, meet it with open eyes and open heart. And once again, uh, a poem from Dana Falls <clears throat> about this slice in time. This is called Awakening Now. Why wait for your awakening? The moment your eyes are open, seize the day. Would you, be, would you hold back when the beloved beckons? Would you deliver your litany of sins like a child's collection of seashells, prized and labeled? No, I can't step across the threshold, you say, eyes downcast. I'm not worthy. I'm afraid. My motives aren't pure. I'm not perfect, and surely I haven't practiced nearly enough. My meditation isn't deep, and my prayers are sometimes insincere. I still chew my fingernails and the refrigerator isn't clean. 
Do you value your reasons for staying small more than the light shining through the open door? Forgive yourself. Now is the only time you have to be whole. Now is the sole moment that exists to live in the light of your true self. Perfection is not a prerequisite for anything but pain. Please, oh please, don't continue to believe in your disbelief. This is the day of your awakening. Right now, right in this moment, isn't that comforting? So, reflecting on where we've been, where we are now, and then as we head towards the the new year, it is an interesting thing, isn't it? It's just a an arbitrary demarcation in time, isn't it? I mean, what makes something a new year? But it's very powerful, and it has its value because, particularly as the whole world is going through that transition together, there's a possibility of, there's new possibilities, and limitless possibilities. Remember when, uh, when it changed to 2000? I mean, that was amazing as everybody across the globe was just seeing and hoping and praying for possibilities. So although it's just an arbitrary moment, there is a collective consciousness that says, we're starting anew. We have no idea what it's going to be like. We're starting anew. And as we go into the new year with a clear idea of where we want to go, then, um, then the universe can respond. Now, we might have a clear idea of where we want to go, and it, very rarely does life meet exactly our expectations. But just having a direction is, uh, is a very important and essential thing. The, in the, the Eightfold Path, the second link of the Eightfold Path, sometimes it's called right thought, sometimes it's called right aspiration, where after you have some wise understanding, you see the possibilities and you are committing to a vision that inspires you. And that leads to the other things like right speech, action, livelihood, etc. So having a clear idea, what's called a clear comprehension of purpose, then everything is held in that context. Now, as I say, you don't always know where you're going, but the, the, I, the key is to just trust that this moment you have enough information to take the next step. I was, I remember I was at a, uh, in my, my own life, I was at a crossroads uh, was a number of years ago, many years ago, and I, I'd been teaching school for, for some time, for about, oh, 10 years in New York City. And uh, I didn't know whether to continue that, although it seemed like, as, as 
as rich and um, rewarding as it was for much of the for most of that time, it started to get a little old. And whether to stay with the teaching or go up to the center in uh, Massachusetts that had just opened, uh, Insight Meditation Society, or moving out to um, California, or going to Asia and having my Asian experience. And they all seemed absolutely good, reasonable choices. I didn't know what to do. So I went around, I was going around and around in my, my mind trying to figure out what I should do. Uh, and that summer, uh, this was in 1977 actually, um, I, um, I was out in Colorado as I was each summer during those years. And I uh, remembered there was a very wise man who I'd seen before that I wanted to check out. His name was Reverend Miller. Maybe Reverend Miller could help me. He was a psychic. Five dollars for the reading. He was not in it for the money, but he was a very wise being. Isn't it great when you meet somebody like that? So I got really excited. Okay, I got to see Reverend Miller in in Denver. I was in Boulder, and uh, I gave him my situation, and I said, "What should I do?" And he said, um, well, I won't tell you what to do. I, oh, God. He said, but I will tell you one thing. I said, yeah? He said, it doesn't matter. And I said, what do you mean it doesn't matter? That's my life you're talking about. And he believes in spirit guides and devas and guardian angels and things like that. You know, whether you believe in it or not, you know, it worked for him. And, and, and he, the way he described it, he said, if you're stuck, if you're frozen, afraid to make a mistake, then your guides can't help you and you're just stuck. But when you put yourself in motion, then life can help guide you and you can maneuver and you can see as you go here, oh, this is, this is uh, leading to this or this is, or oh no, it's not like this, maybe I need to do something else or something opens up that you had no idea how it would work. That's how life is and so all you need to do is trust and take, when you need to make a decision, just take the next step given the information you have and trust life has always unfolded for you. It doesn't stop. It's not like, oh, now I came to an impasse. Life just keeps on going on. It's just whether we can show up for it, not, for it or not or hold to our plan and see if life is passing our test. Yes, now it's doing what it should. No, now it's failing. That's completely out of our hands, but if we can have that attitude of just moving into, into the stream of life, then we can be guided, particularly if we have a clear vision of where we want to go. Now, I want to also uh, just interject here for a moment uh, on a, a wider scale. Are we doing it on time? Besides our own personal lives, 
I want to acknowledge that probably for most of us, this is a really difficult period in, in the world. Whatever your, your views or attitudes are, there's a lot of suffering. It was, I don't know how it was for you, but it was, it was, it's been really sad uh, for me just in the last, since yesterday, uh, hearing about the tsunami. Um, and I've, I've friends in Sri Lanka and Thailand and, uh, you know, so many things happen that you just say, wow, how, how could that be? You know, how can life do that? Well, it's not ours to figure out and there are 10,000 sorrows as well as 10,000 joys. But if we only focus on what's wrong, then that is what we're, that's the energy that we're bringing to the, to the world. Besides the natural disasters, there's the human-made disasters. And it does a great disservice if we think that we know how things are going to unfold. The pendulum has never stayed on one end. Never and things always change. That is one of the truths that we teach here at Spirit Rock and that you learn, the truth of impermanence. It might not go on your timetable, but things do change. And if we're there with that inspiring vision and possibility and contribute to that in a way that aligns ourselves with our values and brings a bit more kindness and wisdom to the world, then we're part of that change. And I came across, perhaps you've, you've seen this, uh, this beautiful piece by Howard Zinn called The Optimism of Uncertainty. I'll just read you the, the last piece of it. Revolutionary change does not come as one cataclysmic moment, beware of such moments, but as an endless succession of surprises, moving zigzag toward a more decent society, we don't have to engage in grand heroic actions to participate in the process of change. Small acts, when multiplied by millions of people, can transform the world. Even when we don't win, there is fun and fulfillment in the fact that we've been involved with other good people in something worthwhile. We need hope. An optimist isn't necessarily a blithe, slightly sappy whistler in the dark of our time. To be hopeful in bad times is not just foolishly romantic. It is based on the fact that human history is a history not only of cruelty, but also of compassion, sacrifice, courage, kindness. When we choose to emphasize, what we choose to emphasize in this complex history will determine our lives. If we see only the worst, it destroys our capacity to do something. If we remember those times and places, and there are so many, where people have behaved magnificently, this gives us the energy to act and at least the possibility of sending this spinning top of a world in a different direction. And if we do act in however small a way, we don't have to wait for some grand utopian future. The future is an infinite succession of presents, 
and to live now as we think human beings should live in defiance of all that is bad around us is itself a marvelous victory. So given that larger perspective, just for a moment, reflect on your vision for this coming year, your aspiration. This might be some resolutions, you know, New Year's resolutions, but even bigger than New Year's resolution, where are you headed in your life? Where, what is your intention that inspires you? What do you want to create without the specifics necessarily, or although if they come, fine, but what do you want to create? What do you want your life to be about as you head into this year? So take a few moments and um, write that down. And as you're writing it down, what you want to create, you might also include what would you have to do? What's your part in this? Now on the last quadrant of the page, if you're if you're ready for it, just reflect on what you would need to let go of. What is it that you need to let go of to manifest your vision to the fullest extent? And what are you ready to let go of or intending to let go of, it's not that you'll never get caught again, but just what is there in your practice that you can see working towards relinquishing that gets in the way of your, the fullness of your your (coughs) being shining through. And with that last quadrant at the, at the end of the evening, what I'm going to Um, ask us to do is, for that one, you're going to, if you feel like it, uh, tear that quadrant off, and as you leave (laughs) the room, uh, you can, if you feel like it, put in a basket that's right by the door, and I'm going to take them all home and um, do a little ceremony, ritual, and uh, burn them in in my in, uh, my fireplace. I was going to do it here, but I th- but uh, sometimes they get a little bit nervous around uh, fire at Spirit Rock with good cause. So just know that I'll be sending it all on as best uh, as best I can. What are you ready to let go of?
How many people need more time? Okay. You can just keep on writing while I... Sure. Here's one, one more poem from uh, Dana Falls about this piece called Walk Slowly. It only takes a reminder to breathe, a moment to be still, and just like that, something in me settles, softens, makes space for imperfection. The harsh voice of judgment drops to a whisper, and I remember again that life isn't a relay race, that we will all cross the finish line, that waking up to life is what we were born for. As many times as I forget, catch myself charging forward without even knowing where I'm going, that many times I can make the choice to stop, to breathe, and be, and walk slowly into the mystery. What we're doing is walking slowly into the mystery. And as we let go, even though it might magically come up again, and there we thought we let go, and, and here it is, again and again, every time you bring a kind and wise attention to it, you're inclining the mind in a new way. So it's not that you will never get lost over this particular thing. It's just that you are directing a certain kind of intention that um, begets itself. <coughs> so everybody uh, do their, their thing. Just envision for a moment what it would be like to have whatever it is that you're letting go less and less um, a, f a factor in your life, less and less holding its power over you. And just have an image of, of that. I find visualizing very, very helpful. It's not always accessible for people, but just if you would close your eyes for a moment and just seeing where you are now and just imagine as this particular quality or habit or what, whatever attitude is less and less um, influencing you and what that would leave to shine through. And so you can visualize more and more of your intrinsic true nature shining through.
not obstructed by what you're ready to let go of or willing to work on letting go of. Okay. So we have just a, a few minutes before we end. Just want to, um, if there's any comments, questions, reflections that uh, that might have come up from from doing this, take any, anything on anyone's mind. Yeah. Say again. Oh, the name of the book is "Go In and In." by Dana Falds, F-A-U-L-D-S. And uh, it's like self-publishing. Uh, if you, oh, you can, I think you could probably go online and, uh, and put it in. And uh, she can be emailed at yogapoems at aol.com. Yeah. Anything else? What was it like for you? Anything that you discovered in doing that? Uh, I was having a conversation right before you started talking teaching, and, and I realized that some of the things you were saying, I had been saying, and I realized that I, sometimes I wonder if coming here, um, I wonder if I learn anything by coming here, and I come here periodically on Monday nights, and uh, in listening to you, uh, it helped me to realize, oh, this is where I heard it, and uh, <laughs> and it, I, I have actually I have actually absorbed and benefited from couple of years. I thank you for uh, helping to bring that out. Oh, great! Well, thanks, thanks. And you were saying that you were saying that well, before. We were you having a conversation? We were having a conversation. Yeah. We were having a conversation, and I heard you saying some of the exact same things, and I was like, well, this is this is what I'm trying to do, you know, in the. And when you went through that, just I had just finished talking about how I, I kind of jokingly say to my, when something comes up for me that I'm really upset about, I just kind of say, well, let it go. And I kind of jokingly, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, make fun of myself, letting it go into the universe. And then you just did that. <laughs> I like, you well, thought I, it was a uh, joke. Huh? Ah, well, I kind of, uh, it's I'm, the I'm big cosmic. I'm comfortable yeah. with being a spiritual person. And I, it's still Excellent. some shame and embarrassment around No, me, so, no. Uh, it's the big <laughs> cosmic <laughs> joke. That's that's it. We're, we're, it's better to be in on the joke than the butt of the joke. That's right. when it, you're talking about the cosmic joke. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else? I just want to say, um, I uh, I actually took some teen meditation classes with you in uh in when I was in high school, and uh, since then I've, I'm in my third year of college now, out east, and um, I've been getting back into the meditation a lot because, especially I think in in D.C. and in college in general, there's just so much stress to be career oriented and socially oriented and academically oriented and just have all these constant pressures and. Um, it's just really good to be here. Um, I think this is my second time at Spirit Rock ever, but to be here and to remember that it's not just me, that there's this whole community and mentality that you can accept all that and, and kind of deal with it and, and, and not let it get to you and just act in, in kindness and compassion. Mm. It's, it's very powerful. I'm Great. Just happy to be here. Thanks. Tell me your name. Uh, Derek. Dan? Derek. Oh, Derek. 
Derek, now I see you. I remember you. <laughs> you were a very far out kid then, too, right? <laughs> wow. Hold, don't go away after we, after we I want to hang out with you. That's, that is the beauty of it, that it's like it's there in all of us, and we just, um, we just need to remind each other, you know? That's the, that's the point, you know, where the Buddha says the, the whole of the, the good friends is the whole of the holy life. It's just we forget and then we can just remind each other what we already know, like you saying letting go and you having the conversation before we started. And, and, and uh, just it's all just reminding. The, if you think that somebody up front has the wisdom that you're missing a, an essential point if you think, oh, they're so wise, gee, I, I hope I can get that wise or whatever you read in a book. Because if you are touched by it and, it's, and you, there's a point where you say, yeah, that's right. It means that right inside of you, that wisdom was just reminded and awakened. And when you say, yep, right on, all it is that is you're just learning to hear what your, your deepest truth is. So it's not in any body. We can all remind each other, but it's not out there. It's right inside of you, and all we need to do is just keep on learning to listen wisely to that place that's not fear-based, that's not confused, that's not lost in grasping or aversion but that knows, it's the, as Ajahn Chah says, the one that knows, the one who knows. Oh, yeah. You know, you ever hear, if you've seen Mil, uh, the Tibetan Tanka, Milarepa, he's the one who has his hand to his ear, the 100,000 songs of Milarepa he's, he's listening to. And all that, that he's doing is just listening to that deep truth. It's right inside of us. And that's what the whole meditation I see is is doing just learning to listen to life and to the deep truths and wisdom that's right inside so the buddha comes out thank you okay it's probably time to leave i'll just want to close with a very brief loving kindness and uh we can dedicate um the evening so feel your heart center and appreciate yourself and your intention to awaken. And feel the support of like-minded friends. And wish yourself well. May I open to all the happiness and goodness in my life. May I feel the peace that's inside. May I feel my love and share it well. And then to include everyone here and just spreading out to include all beings near and far, particularly people in Southeast Asia right now. 
Iraq, all the places that they're suffering, right here in our country, and all the goodness in life, the people who are relieving suffering and bringing happiness to life, to include all without distinction. May all open to their own goodness. May all see through their fears and confusion. May all learn to share their love well. May all beings see their true nature. May all beings everywhere be happy. So, Happy New Year. <laughs> Hope it's a good one. It'll be whatever it's supposed to be. <laughs> Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.